What's up? Welcome to the Cycling with Watts podcast. First episode ever in the history of the world. I am excited to bring you all things cycling. That's what this podcast is dedicated to do. We're going to get you out riding on your bike more by bringing you awesome product reviews of new tech coming out to the world, new nutrition, new training programs. We're going to bring you amazing guest speakers from across the nation and across the cycling industry. We're going to bring you pro racing news to get you motivated to ride as fast and as far as the pros. We're also going to give you sweet insights from mechanics on how to keep your bike up and running, make you more aero, make you faster, make it working smoother. So for the first time ever, let's roll that intro music for the Cycling with Watts podcast. So now that you heard the intro sting, let's get into the very first episode ever. And I'm super excited that you are listening to my voice ramble on about anything I want because I now have that power. It's a lot of power to hold in one's hand. I mean, I now have the power to captivate you with my voice for however long I want. Well, I guess not however long I want. You still have to actually listen to me, which you can press that stop button at any time, but I would avoid doing that for now at least get through the first episode then you can decide if you want to listen to me ramble on about cycling down the road so let's get into it who am i why do i like cycling why am i making this podcast well my name is jared watts this is cycling with watts and when i was birthed when i came into the world i didn't know how amazing of a bike name watts was and then i grew up a little bit and i was like dang this is a great last name i need to do something with it from the cycling standpoint Everywhere else in the world, unless I became like an electrician or something like that, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, it's pretty awesome that my last name is Watts. And I've made it a million, made the joke a million times that uh, Watts up. You know, I even have a shirt with a light bulb on it. It says Watts up. So you'll get a lot of those great dad jokes that I've been blessed getting from my dad as he makes a lot of dad jokes. So I apologize in advance for that, but it's going to happen. So name is Jared Watts. How did I get into cycling? Well, when I came into the world, my dad was into cycling. He had been doing it for a ton of years. So we grew up watching the Tour de France together, watching Lance Armstrong destroy it on the TV. And I loved I loved biking when I was a kid, but I biked on the BMX bike. I would, uh, my buddies and I, way back in the day, probably, what, like 10, 12 years ago? No, more than that, like 15 years ago, we, we built this amazing dirt track in the back of our woods. And at the time, I mean, we thought it was absolutely freaking stellar. i me tell you, I mean, this thing had like jumps all over the place. We were hopping over logs and this amazing, like single track with jumps that we, you know, berms, banks, big jumps. We were jumping over kids, crap like that. And that's where I grew up biking was in on a dirt BMX bike. And I would ride in the back of our woods. And uh, from there I graduated to biking with my entire family. And uh, you would think that, I mean, it's kind of that picturesque picture, seeing the American family biking on a sidewalk, each one of them on their own individual bikes. No, 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 no. Not with the Watts family. We would all bike together on the same bike. And there was four of us. And so four of us 
We're on a quad style bike. Now I'm in middle school when we're doing the majority of our riding on this quad bike. And as you can imagine, a middle schooler isn't doesn't want to be seen with their parents that much. I don't know why. You grow up and you realize, yeah, your parents are pretty cool. And one day I could be a parent and oh, I'm going to be... I, I feel bad for my kid, actually. I'm going to make a lot of embarrassing dad jokes. And uh, I feel bad from that standpoint. But as a middle schooler, I didn't want to be seen on a bike with my parents. And so every time we'd go by in a quad, of course, everybody with their eyes gawking would be looking at us. And my parents would be big on waving and, you know, showing off what they bought. Me, I'm trying to hide my face as best as possible also i'm wearing cycling shorts which again as a middle schooler i did not think that those were cool so one i'm riding on a quad bike which i don't think is cool and number two i'm wearing like lycra shorts that's skin tight i don't want anybody seeing me in that i mean now now let's fast forward whatever 15 years 24 i wish i could wear lycra all the time i think girls have a lucky they get to wear yoga pants as much as they want but that is getting past the point. So I went from VMX bike to the quad bike. And also in middle school, I loved biking to school when I could with my buddy. I would never wear a helmet because I thought that was uncool. And oh man, times have changed. But then I, uh, I left biking for a while. I mean, I would still bike to places. I went into high school and stuff like that. But played baseball, wrestled in high school. And ended up being fortunate enough to play baseball in college. So, skip past that. Didn't really do much biking. Did a little bit of road biking. Kind of got into the scene. More my uh, end of college career. And then after baseball ended, that's when I really got into cycling. From the road biking side, just dove into it. And I'll get into my first bike in some other podcasts. Because I can't believe the Franken bike that that was. And then let's fast forward to or I guess rewind, to two years ago, my dad franchised the rights for Minnesota for Velofix. And if you don't know who Velofix is, it is a mobile bike shop that comes right to your house, take care of any and all your cycling needs. They are all across the U.S., up in Canada. And my dad franchised the rights for all of Minnesota. Now, I was in a job in advertising, which was a dream job for me at the time. I was creating ads for... Brands like Silk Almond Milk and Horizon Organics and some other brands all under the White Wave Foods umbrella. It was awesome, amazing experience. But my dad got into the cycling business and I'm like, I want in, I want in. So I was fortunate enough to come over to the family business. And now I am a mechanic, van operator, marketing for Velofix, Minnesota. So I spend the majority of my days now wrenching away on bikes sending out advertisements about bikes and why you should get your bike serviced. And it's been a great two years, definitely a whirlwind of stuff that I've learned over the past two years. Oh, excuse me. But for the most part, it has been absolutely amazing. I've learned so much. And that's why I am creating this podcast because I have learned so much in the bike industry. I want to give some of that back. And I'm learning every single day. And the new things that I learn, I want to share with people. I want to get more people to more people motivated to ride their bike, get on their bike, and just go freaking have a freaking blast because I love every time I put that saddle between my legs and I get to go explore this amazing world. And I live in Minnesota in the Minneapolis Twin Cities area, specifically over in Plymouth, which if you're not familiar, 
It is on the west side of the Twin Cities metro area. And so that's why I'm creating this podcast. So I really hope you enjoy it. And we're, we're going to get into a, uh, a little bit of fun stuff next. So stay tuned. So you heard the intro. You heard the sting. Cycling with Watts. Let's get into actually talking about cycling stuff. Enough about my boring, boring life thus far at 24 years old. So where are we at in the world of pro tour cycling? Well, we are post-tour, pre-Vuelta. And if you don't know by now, Team Sky, again, six of the last seven years, won the Tour de France with no other than Chris Froome. Sorry, I uh, got that wrong, just expected it to be Chris Froome this year, and it wasn't. I'm a huge Chris Froome fan. He's one of the the people that got me super excited back in 2015 about cycling at a competitive level and watching it and getting all into that Lycra. But I was still happy to see Geraint Thomas win the Tour de France. I hope I said that name right because I've heard a million people Say it's like Garain, Garain, Garaint. I don't know. There's a bunch of different ways. I'm going to say Garain Thomas because it rolls off my tongue the easiest. People call him G. But it was super awesome to see Garain Thomas win the Tour de France. He's had an incredible backstory coming from the track. Now to the pro tour level. He's won Olympic golds on the track. He's cycled for the UK cycling team. For a long time on the track and it's cool to see now that he has won at the highest level on the road circuit he's been a super loyal domestique to chris Froome every single year giving it up he's also ran into a lot of unfortunate bad luck with crashes throughout his career at grand tours at the tour de france specifically like one time he rode with a broken hip or a fractured hip in order to help chris Froome win the tour i mean that is that is amazing dedication to your team so it was great to see Garain Thomas win. And there was a ton of talk throughout the tour about Chris Froome and Garain Thomas being co-leaders for Team Sky. Well, it turns out that Chris Froome is a freaking amazing mate, if you want to put it that way, as the Brits would say. He, he seems like one of the most loyal friends. I mean, after the tour, all of the media was trying to strike up like, hey, Chris, what are your thoughts about Garain? You know, trying to get some edge and have Chris kind of throw a throw a shot at Garain Thomas, but he just never wavered. Every single time he said, you know what, G has been loyal to me, and by G, Garain has been loyal to me throughout the years, and I was happy to give it back. Now I'm paraphrasing, but basically, in, in my opinion, Chris was, was just saying, I am so happy that I'm able to give a part of me back to Garain Thomas from what he has given me over the years because, like I said, he's, he's been a super loyal domestique, for Chris Froome and his four Tour de France championships. So it was really cool to see at the end of it, one of the greatest riders of all time say that he was happy to work for his teammate so that his teammate could win. Now, Chris Froome still landed third on the podium. I mean, that is that is no small feat, but for a guy who's already won four Tour de France's to take third and to give up himself for his teammate, I mean, that, that is incredible. That is incredible and so selfless of Chris Froome. As you can tell, I'm a huge Chris Froome fan. And I'll let you in on a little secret here. I, I have one cat. My wife converted me to a cat person. 
I, I freaking love the thing now. Didn't, was not a huge cat fan growing up, but I've had this cat now for a year and a half, and the cat's name is no other than Merck's. It's a she, still named Merck's, but after the great Eddie Merck's and my wife, her first road bike was Merck's, and we got the bike and the cat almost at the same time, so therefore the cat's name is Merck's. Now, we're getting a new cat here in a couple months in the fall, currently recording right now. It, it is the middle of August, and so we're planning on getting a new little kitten, and we're going to name that one Froomey. And so I will have two of the greatest of all time cyclists in my house. I hope they race each other and look at each other and say, who's the greatest of all time today? And then they go race, race it out. That's what I'm hoping for. We'll see if it happens. But uh, yeah, I'm a huge Chris Froome fan, huge Team Sky fan. I jumped on the bandwagon. I'll admit it. I'm a bandwagon fan of Team Sky. They were the best team when I got into pro cycling and being a fan of it. I would say they're still the best team in some regards, unless we're looking at overall wins which then quick step floors would be probably the best team they've had an incredible season ton of stage wins across the board you know they had julian alaphilippe win the polka dot jersey so there's a debate to be made for for another podcast but team sky right now i'd still say is one of the best teams in uh, pro cycling and so yes i've been a bandwagon fan but i love them and uh lo- love the uk and all there is about that so, we are post-tour, pre-Vuelta, and I'm excited for the Vuelta. It seems to be shaping up, up great this year, and it seems like an exciting race with some uh, some key people coming in on it, and I will save that for another podcast. We'll get into a, a Vuelta breakdown, at least a short snippet of a Vuelta breakdown. But one thing I want to talk about in pro cycling is it seems like right now a ton of news is coming out about sponsors dropping their sponsorship for teams. The first one that I really kind of heard of was UHC is dropping their sponsorship of their pro, I believe it's a pro continental team. And that's big for me in Minnesota because UHC is a huge, United Healthcare is a huge company here in Minnesota. And so it's been always cool to kind of have a Minnesota company representing a pro tour cycling team. And so it's sad to see that one go, but then... The next biggest one after that was BMC was dropping their sponsorship, which they're dropping their sponsorship because their lead man, the guy who started BMC, unfortunately passed away this year, and he was kind of the heart and soul, I would say, of that sponsorship of that team. And so BMC will no longer be there, but they are getting picked up by a smaller cycling team who is taking on that sponsorship, and they are called CCC. And so that's been interesting to watch how that team is developing, who they're bringing on in the transfer season and to see well another sponsorship pick up that that team and so but then yesterday i just read that jelly belly is dropping their sponsorship of their team and jelly belly has been around for an incredibly long time i believe it was 19 years i mean ever since i can remember watching cycling jelly belly has been so back to jelly belly it's just sad to see more sponsorships pulling out. There's no definitive answer right now whether or not this team will still be together, whether or not another sponsor will come in and pick them up. There was a lot of talk when BMC dropped that you know, they didn't know what was going to happen to the team, what was going to happen with the riders. And luckily, riders like Greg Van Avermaet have, or GVA have stayed on and that CCC is picking them up. And it kind of looks like they're building a pretty good team. You know, Guys like Richie Port have left. TJ Van Garden 
have left. Richie Port is going off to a team that I can't remember right now. TJ Van Garden is going to EF Education First, which I am excited about that because EF Education First, presented by Drapak, really long name, which they lost sponsorship last year, and they, they picked it up, seemed to be strong. They are putting together some American Riders. They already have Taylor Finney on there, Lawson Craddock, which if you watch the tour at all, I'm sure you know the name Lawson Craddock by now. And so I'm excited to see what that team is going to do. But BMC right now is building a pretty good team, but no news yet of what is going to happen with Team Jelly Belly. And then another huge one, Quick Step Floors. I mentioned them I mean, earlier in the podcast, and that they are one of the best teams in the world, you could say that they are the best overall cycling team in the world right now. They killed it in the classics. They won stages in the Tour de France with Julian Alphilippe, Fernando Gaviria. They won the polka dot jersey. They held the yellow jersey with Gaviria. And so it's sad to see one of the best teams in the world losing their major sponsorship. I mean, you would feel like, and Quickstep has been a long, around a long time. You would feel that... They that team is doing great things for their brand, but they're pulling out. Don't necessarily know why, and we don't know yet if they are going to be picking up a new sponsor. The team owner, Patrick Lafleur, don't know how to say his name. He says that they're still on the hunt for another sponsorship, but we will see. So that's kind of some of the big news right now going on in pro cycling. So let's transition. Like I said, I am a mechanic. I'm working on bikes all day, and I really hope to dive into some things that you can do to your bike, that you can have done to your bike, and, and the importance of maintaining your bike. And one of the biggest things, so first episodes, I want to start with something pretty easy, low-hanging fruit. One of the biggest things that I see on people's bikes is no chain loop. People, chain loop. It's going to make you fast. It's going to make your ride more efficient. It is going to make your ride feel so much better. Now, I may be preaching to the choir here. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing you probably put chain lube on your bike. Good. Good for you. Put chain lube on your bike. Put chain lube on your bike. I'm going to say it one more time. Put chain lube on your bike. Where do you put it? Put it on a chain. It's called chain lube. Self-explanatory. But the thing that is kind of confusing is there's a lot of different lubes out there. There's lubes for... Pleasure, which you don't want to use that on your bike. Use that in, in other places. But the lube that I use 99% of the time here in Minnesota, where if you know anything about Minnesota, terrible winters, sucks. I, I hate winter here, as a matter of fact, but beautiful summers. And there's a lot of fair weather riders, which most of the time I'm a fair weather rider. I ride in the rain, though. But I use dry bike lube. And what is dry bike lube? It still comes out in liquid form, but it is meant for dry conditions. That lube is optimized to stay on your chain during dry conditions, as opposed to wet lubricant, which is optimized to stay on your chain and perform in wet conditions. So when would you use that? Well, comes race day and it's raining out, wet lube. That's your go-to. Or if you're on the mountain bike side where you're in muddy, wet conditions, cyclocross side, muddy, wet conditions, wet lube is your go-to. In the winter as well, you can use wet lube when you have slushier conditions stuff like that but dry lube will get you through most of the stuff and what kind of dry lube do i use i use muck off dry lube i use it in the van when i'm out servicing people's bikes and i use it at home i use their 
regular dry lube and I use their ceramic dry lube as well for my road bike because I feel like it, it it's, a, it's smoother. Like there's no doubt about it. When I took that step up level and used ceramic dry lube, I felt the difference. And I, I may be a little bit more fine tuned to how my chain feels, but I don't think it was mental. It was, it was definitely smoother. It felt like I put a new chain on my bike. That's how smooth it felt. And with the ceramic dry lube, Muck Off recommends that you degrease your chain every time you apply it. And so it's a little bit more tedious, but it's also a great thing to degrease your chain every single ride. And being a mechanic, I, I got the tools to do it. I have the time. I have the care. I don't expect everybody else to do that, but that is what I do. And I really find that it makes my ride smooth. Now, do I go for the efficiency of watts picking those up? Yes, but I, I more go for the smoothness of the ride. I do not want to be riding around with a clunky chain, a squeaky chain, which if you listen for that little squeak, you will notice I don't know, 50% of the bikes, 75% of the bikes, you will hear that little squeak noise and you will know that they do not have enough chain lube on their chain. That is that little high pitched squeal noise that you hear when you're riding on the bike paths. Uh, usually it's like cruiser style bikes. Most people's road bikes tend to tend to take care of their bike a little bit better. And you won't hear that squeak, but listen, next time you're out on the bike path for that little high-pitched squeal, that is because they do not have enough chain lube. So I use Muck Off. That's what I like the best. And what do I do? There's those inside rivets of the chain. So if you're, you're looking at your chain, it snakes its way through the cassette, goes down through the derailleur, and then there's this gap between the last jockey wheel on the rear derailleur and the front chain ring. And the inside of that... You just want to put one drop of lube on all of those little rivets, rollers in there, whatever you want to call them. Put a drop of lube on there. Make sure you hit every single one. You can do this all while the bike is on the ground and you are pedaling backwards. Just put a little drop on there. Make sure it hits every part, every little roller on there. And then what you want to do is just take a rag. I use t-shirt rags. You can buy them at Home Depot. I think they're the best for cleaning your bike. I mean, everything you want to do on your bike t-shirt rag is what I like to use. Go to Home Depot, pick up a bag for 11 bucks. There'll be enough rags to save you or enough rags for a lifetime. And so after you put that lube on there, you just want to pedal backwards slowly and lightly grip the top and bottom parts of that chain and just get off any excess lube on there. And so it's, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing to have too much lube on there, but you'll notice your chain will get real gunky if you consistently have a ton of chain lube on there, but more chain lube is better than the less chain lube. So you just want to lightly get off any excess on there and then happy, happy trails, you know, go out, ride that nice, smooth, efficient shifting bike chain. And so what else is lube going to do though? It's also going to save your components. It's going to create less friction back there. So it's going to save the, the jockey wheels. It's going to save the cogs, each individual cog, it's going to save your chain. It's going to make all of that last longer. Chain rings up front, but it's also just going to give you more efficiency. So it's a no-brainer. takes two seconds to do. I do it before I go out riding every single time. It's part of my pre-ride checklist. So I can't stress it enough. Put some bike chain lube on your chain. I use Muck Off. Again, I use regular dry lube, and I use the ceramic dry lube. Great stuff. They're under 20 bucks. I would highly recommend going out and buying some of that. That is a non-sponsored thing. That is my personal opinion. I've used a bunch of different lubes, and that's what I find to be the best for myself.
All right, so let's transition. We've talked about pro tour cycling. We have talked about bike maintenance, and now we are going to get into a little bit of nutritional stuff because I also want to talk about training on this podcast. And we're going to talk about one of my favorite freaking brands out there. I hated it. Hated them when I started biking. I was loyal to another brand, and I still am. I still like this other brand, but I really like this new brand. And I don't know if you can guess what it is. It's something you ingest, which makes it sound like a drug, but it kind of is a drug. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, kind of like cocaine. I wouldn't say cocaine. That that might be a stretch, but it gives you a boost of energy, and it makes me feel better while I'm on the bike. takes away some of that pain in the legs. And so uh, if, if you guessed it, we're talking about energy gels and bars and drinks and stuff like that. Well, I hated this brand, Science and Sport, SIS, hated their gels. I thought they were icky, gross. They were like squeezing a, a tube of Pop Rocks mixed with seltzer water or something like that. When I, when I first tried them, absolutely hated them. I had only used goo. I was pretty loyal to goo. And, uh... It, my uh, my desires and tastes have changed. I, I alluded to, and I will continue to allude to the fact that I, I love a lot of things that are coming out of the UK. Love going to London when I get to travel there. And uh, Science and Sport is a brand out of the UK, so that might might be a little bit of the obsession going on there. But I I really started to enjoy their energy gels. I feel for me, I've tried you know the Cliff Energy gels, Honey Stinger, Goo. I don't know, you name it, I've probably tried it. And I just feel like SIS has done the best for me on the bike. I I can kind of feel the most difference in my legs. I can feel the most in my attitude, posture after I take it, how I feel on the bike, the energy that I get from it. But probably the thing that I love the most is an isotonic gel. It's an isotonic, which means that you don't need water for it to be activated. If you read any of the goo stuff, it says drink with water for best results. That is because goo is formulated to need water in order to absorb into that bloodstream where, or bloodstream, I don't know if I'm getting, using the right scientific terms here, but for it to get activated in your body, it needs water. Whereas science and sport gels are isotonic and do not need that. And I love that when I'm out on the bike, when I take that gel, I don't want to drink water all the time with it. Especially if I'm getting towards the end of a ride, I already have a lot of water in me but I'm tired. I want that little burst of energy. I want to pop that gel and and be it. Like I, I've already ingested enough stuff in my body. I just want that gel. I want that little burst of energy. I don't want to put on more water. Or if I'm lacking water at the end of a ride and you know I don't have much water left, I need to conserve that. I can pop the gel and know that I don't have to drink more of my water. I can conserve that for a little bit later. So yes, I use their gels. They're a little bit bigger gels, so they take a little bit more space in your jersey, but I do not mind that. I like the taste of them now. They're a little bit more watery, so they go down a little bit quicker as well, and they don't get stuck in my in my mouth. That's one thing with goo gels. They're a little bit too gummy for me, I would say. I, I still like the taste of them, and I still use them. I usually take them actually before I go out on a ride and get that in me first because I have water there. I'm comfortable drinking water. So I usually do take a goo before I go out on a ride, and then I use SIS while I'm out on the bike. But I also use SIS energy gels, or energy bars. Of course, I use their gels. I've just spent five minutes talking about it. And then I also use their drink mix. And the drink mix is something I have not used before this year. I've always been too cheap and too stingy to use 
that type of stuff. But this year I told myself I'm going deep into nutrition. I want to eat more while I'm on the bike. And guys, I cannot, guys and girls, sorry. I don't want to limit anybody here. This is for, this is for all people here. So guys and gals, spend the money. That's what I can say. Spend the money. Don't, don't be frivolous and just spend whatever you want, but buy energy gels, buy energy bars, buy drink mix because it has made a world of a difference for me out on the bike. You know, I look back on rides last year. Where I was like, maybe I just pushed myself too far last year and I was just absolutely gassed at the end of the ride. Well, I'm doing those same, those same miles with more Watts and more power. Now I am a better cyclist this year than I was last year, but also it's due to my nutrition. I'm just not getting as tired out on the bike. I'm staying hydrated. So I'm not coming back and being dehydrated after a ride. I'm having more energy day to day to get back out on the bike. And that, I, I really think that comes down to nutrition on the bike, also nutrition off the bike, and some other things that I've implemented into my training routine. But nutrition on the bike is absolutely huge. And so I, I use the drink mix, I use the energy gels, I use the energy bars, and I'm pretty calculated on when and how I'm ingesting this stuff while I'm out riding. So I would highly recommend that. And that's what I got for you on nutrition. So I'm going to bring this episode to a close, the inaugural first Cycling with Watts podcast. I love that you were here. I love that you were listening to me. And I tell you, I got great things in store for this podcast coming down the road. We're going to have some great people on the show. Don't have them booked yet, but if you know anything about Minnesota, we have a ton of cycling brands here in Minnesota and a ton of uh, cool contacts that, that we're going to be chatting with about the world of cycling we're going to give more bike tips, more pro tour cycling updates, and more training tips. I mean, just everything that I can do to get you out riding your bike more. But I'd love to hear from you guys. Make sure to leave comments. Make sure to hit the like button if there's a like button. Find me on Instagram. Find me on Twitter at CyclingWithWatts. And that's it. Thanks for listening.